Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. This is Alan Tecchio from Watchtower, and you're listening to Talking Metal. This is Ron Jarzombek from Watchtower, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Molson Canadian presents Heavy Montreal. August 7th, 8th, and 9th, outdoors at Parc Jean Trapeau, featuring Slipknot, Faith No More, Korn, and Mastodon. Three full days of rock and metal with Lamb of God, Iggy Pop, Fozzie, Lita Ford, and many more. Festival passes on sale now. For the full festival lineup, visit heavymontreal.com, presented by Eventco. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal Podcast. We have some pretty big news on today's podcast regarding the band Watchtower, and I am going to be joined by Rob and Alan from that band, and they're going to tell us what's going on with Watchtower, if anything. So stay tuned for that. Uh, I think this is some, some really cool stuff that's going to be revealed here today. For fans of progressive metal in general, Watchtower, of course, one of the the leaders, the founders of the progressive metal movement, going way back to 1989 when they released that historic record, Control and Resistance. Such good stuff, featuring my friend Alan Tecchio on vocals, who, of course, uh, I've jammed with, I've I've uh, hung out with, I've uh, listened and been a fan of his music with Hades, Nonfiction, uh, Level Fields, and many other projects, too much to name actually right now. We actually just heard a song of, of Alan's and Mike LaPon's on the, the last episode of Talking Metal. So it's uh, it's great to have Alan on the, uh, the podcast here today, and also Ron Jarzombek. So without further ado, we're going to get right into the interview with these two cats here on Talking Metal. This is some classic Watchtower 
Control and Resistance, the title track off the 1989 release. Followed by my interview with Ron and Alan from Watchtower.
Hey, this is Mark Striegel of the Talking Metal Podcast, and we have two very special guests on the line who brought us a very special record back in 1989, and we want to talk to them about that and about other things. Guest A, Ron Jerzombek, and guest B, Alan Tecchio. How you guys doing? Great. Good, Mark. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. And, you know, you guys back in 1989 put out this record with your band Watchtower called Control and Resistance. And through the years, it, it to me, as, as somebody who kind of studies heavy metal history, it really seems like, like history has, has been kind to this record. And we hear people like Mike Portnoy calling it a very important record to him, and it really helped you know, form his musical direction and, and, you know, a big influence on dream theater. We've heard lots of, of, of books and magazines reference this as kind of a a historical and important record. How do you two, the guys who made the record so many years later, look back on it now, Ron? Well, the way I look at it was that was months before or after we got Alan in the band. And so we were just coming together as a band, I remember on the flight over there, we were talking about all of the vocal parts and everything that we were going to have to do. And we were working things out when we were in Berlin. And and for us, we were just kind of pulling ourselves together. And then the tour came up months after that. And then we just got into a really good groove with everything. And uh, th- that's the way I see that album. To me, it was just us coming together as a band and the influence that it has on on other bands and other people to me is you know it's it, it's a very cool thing just as we've been influenced by dream theater too and and a lot of the other prog bands that came out around that time for me totally different experience but you're right it was us coming together and trying to find our rhythm as a band together so to speak but for me i was a fan before i joined as a singer jason and i were penthouse for years and my band Hades up in Jersey, we used to open up for bands here that Watchtower opened up for in Austin, Texas, and we would share those stories together for a long time before I actually took his place after he left the band. So it was kind of cool to come in and sing songs that I was pretty familiar with, a lot of them already, except the newer ones. And, uh, yeah, it was just a really exciting time in life, for sure, to go over to Europe and make the record, no doubt. So so Jason obviously left the band, and I, I'm assuming he went and he formed Dangerous Toys. And is he the mm-hmm. one, Alan, that then brought you into contact with, with Ron and the guys? Oh, 100%. He sent me, uh, actually, he called me right before I went to Europe with Hades. We went over to tour, our first European tour in, like, 88. And he said, dude, you got to take my place. My other band, Dangerous Toys, just got to deal with CBS. And I didn't even know he had another band. <laughs> I was, like, totally confused. And I said, I can't join because I'm going to Europe. And then we ended up breaking up on tour in Europe. And from uh, from Belgium, actually, I sent a postcard back to Doug and said, if that spot's still open, I'd like to audition when I get home. And I did that when I got back from Europe, uh, got the gig, and then basically hopped the plane back to Europe for the rest of the summer. And did you get... Yeah, the- you know, Jason, Go ahead. When, that, when that came around, Jason felt real bad about it. You know, the fact that he, you know, pretty much was with, with the very beginning of Watchtower, and then he kind of leaves us right when we were when the, then the, the noise deal came around, and then he just kind of, like, bailed on us. And so I kind of looked at it like he thought it, his, it was his responsibility to find somebody for us. That's the way I took it. I believe that. 
Right on. And and did you guys? Well, Alan, let's let's talk to you about this. Did you feel when you stepped into Watchtower like, wow, this is really something different. This is something groundbreaking. This is something special. Were you kind of able at that t- point in time able to to see that? Uh, well, a groundbreaking for sure, Mark. Like I knew they were a groundbreaking band, and I knew there was no other band in the world, let alone heavy metal, that sounded like them. And what really sold me on them when I got to know them as people was their great senses of humor because they're just goofy the guys who like to have fun. They're not serious, bonehead musicians, but yet they're like, I mean, they're world-class talent, all three of them. You know what I mean? They're like on another level. And uh, it's super cool to be able to float with them because I'm not, you know, some technically amazing singer. Right. Well. <laughs> you know, I just do what I do, and it's fun to play with them and, and for them to be so grounded. So... <clears throat> Ron, what happened to Watchtower back in those days? You did the record with Alan. You you did some some touring. How and why did the band kind of fall apart back, we're talking, after uh, the Control main, and Resistance? So the main reason with that was I developed some hand issues. Actually, the hand issues started during the recording of uh, the Fall of Reason solo. I don't, Alan, I don't know if you remember it, but yeah, we had a guy... Gertie punching me in, you know, with the two-track machine, and I couldn't play the shit. My finger. Oh, can we cuss here? Can we cuss? Okay. Oh yeah, go. Anyways, for it. I was playing. <laughs> we prefer yeah, cussing. I was playing. Yeah, I was playing the this one certain section. My fingers kept getting stuck, and when I got home, um, I started wearing these rings so that my fingers wouldn't uh, hyperextend and everything. And then I had to have surgeries, and that whole process of where I got back to playing again took about two and a half or three years. And at the beginning of this, Alan could see the writing on the wall that we weren't going to do anything because he had moved to Austin because he thought we were going to get going, you know, get, get the train rolling. And then uh, months after that, he went back to New York, and then it just took me so long to get my fingers to where I could play again. But that was the main reason that everything just came to a grinding halt. Wow, wow. And that's uh, it yeah. was... Was the problem, was it from overplaying? Like, was it uh, like just that you played guitar too much that your hand kind of gave out on you? Yeah, I think uh, I used to have a pretty heavy guitar and it, and it weighed on my shoulder and everything. And it kind of, tr- I think it trickled down to the fingers and it put too much pressure on my fingers or something. But uh, yeah, I had to have four surgeries and they fixed them up great. But during that time, we just lost all of our momentum and everything. Uh, Alan was busy doing others other projects and stuff, and we couldn't find a singer for so long, but we kept trying to write and get enough material for another yeah. record, and we did that and could not find a singer. Jason was in Dangerous... I think he was still in Dangerous Toys at that time, and uh, we just didn't have much motivation to, to try to keep it going because we had such a big layoff. So, Alan, at what point do you end up back in New York and New Jersey in nonfiction? Did well, you go you know, back to um, Hades after after Watchtower, or were you were you already forming what would become nonfiction? The story, the way I remember it, and listen, this is a long time ago, is that uh, when I left Hades, you know, there was a pretty big rift between Dan Lorenzo and I, the founder of Hades, and he started nonfiction after that with Danny Astasi from uh, Monkey Pup and Doggy Dog. And they started playing some shows and doing some stuff, putting out demos and whatever, and I got a hold of a demo, and I think I spoke highly of an interview or something like that, and that led Dan to call me, and as it turned out, I think Doggy Dog started to really get traction then, 
and Danny left the band, so he needed a singer, and I really liked the nonfiction riffs because they were like Hades slowed down, and I ended up joining nonfiction and coming back up to New Jersey to you know, join with them. They also had a potential deal with CBS at the time. It looked really, really good. And eventually, of course, that deal didn't happen, but eventually we got a deal and we did you know, what we did around the area. Right on. And so, so Watchtower, it's, I guess, kind of, you said, Ron, that you kept writing stuff, but you, it really never materialized into uh, live gigs after Alan was, was back up north. Um, and, and when did Watchtower kind of come back to life? They, I know Jason came back into the fold, like we're talking like maybe... 15 well, years what later, was, right? Well, what was happening with Watchtower was after I had this layoff, I kind of got a lot of drive and motivation by just being able to play again. And so I was writing these tunes and doing all of this crazy kind of shit. And for some reason, I would bring it to Rick and Doug, these tunes, and they just weren't working out. And around this time, my brother was out of Riot, or maybe it was before Riot or whatever. But anyways, that's when Spastic Inc. started. Right, you're and talking about your, found, your brother, the great drummer Bobby, of course. Yeah, and so me and Bobby started writing, and that just clicked a lot better than, than what was happening with, with me, Doug, and Rick. And then plus, you know, we were we were in the same city. Watch, Watchtower lives in, uh, Doug and Rick are in Austin. And so me and Bobby, we just... Where are you and Bobby? Very, what city are you guys in? San, San Antonio. And so we got our friend Pete, and we just, this was in 94, and we just started writing some really killer shit, and I was a lot more motivated to that. And then, you know, every couple of weeks or whatever, I would go to Austin and try to write with Rick, Rick and Doug, and they had this vision for this, what they called the new watchtower. It wasn't as, as crazy. It was kind of what I would call a watered-down version of it, and I just didn't dig it. Right. And so we went through that period, and so... After a while, it was just like we were lost. We That's when you do those, dude. I want to interrupt. That's when you do those two tunes with uh, Scott Jeffries. No, those tunes we just had recorded demos, and and we were looking for a singer, and he somehow got them, and he recorded vocals, and soon after that, he was uh, he was sending the the songs like they were his songs or something, but we didn't even know what he had done with those. I like what he did with those two. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, those the two songs that he did, I think we scrapped those. I don't even remember what songs they were. But yeah, I, I remember them. I remember them. I got them on my iPod, but I know they're not available. Yeah, but so it's not whatever. But uh, but but Bobby and I were doing you know the Mad Data Race, Mosquito Brain Surgery, and it was just fun. Doing the first Spastic Ink CD was just so much fun, and and we just kept that rolling and rolling and and. Uh, the material was sitting around for about two years. This was before the Internet, and it took a while before we released that CD. And then 97 came around, and we finally got the CD out. And then Bobby joined Halford, and then that right. was the end of Spastic Inc. <laughs> I got you. Cool. Yeah. And then, so so that was late 90s when Bobby joined Halford, I'm guessing, because that's when the... Yep. Yeah. So... <clears throat> Watchtower, I mean, I know you had other stuff going on. When did... When did uh, Blotted Science startup. Oh, that was way later. That was way later, okay. okay. That was like 2004, 05, something like that. Spastic Inc. had two CDs out before anything Blotted Science happened. 
So, Ron, what were you up to, like, we're talking, you know, 1990 through, like, 2005, musically? Mm-hmm. What the hell was that? That's somebody's cell phone. Did y'all hear that? Sorry, it was me. Sorry, it was me. Um, yeah, I did a couple of solo CDs. I did uh, Solitarily Speaking in 2002. Spastic, uh, Spastic Inc. Incompatible came out in 2003. Uh, and then Blotted Science started writing around 2004, uh, something like that. Cool. And at some point, Jason actually comes back into the Watchtower fold, right? And, and you do some shows with him. How did yeah, that materialize? A, uh, we got a call, and I hadn't done a gig in eight or nine years at this time. I mean, I was, I was not playing at all anymore. And then we get a call from Jason called me, I remember, and it was the, they wanted us to do this reunion show, and this was for the Bang Your Head Festival. And so this was in 2000. And uh, we did that, and then when Jason got back in, we were a little bit motivated and everything, and so we kind of picked up, I think the writing kind of picked up, and we started writing some crazier shit. And then Watchtower kind of, kind of got back on track a little bit. You know, did the festival and kept writing for a couple of months, and then it just kind of petered out. Okay. And we fast forward then to, like, 2009, I think it is. Suddenly you did at least how many shows with Alan? Alan comes back into the fold. I know you did Keep It True, right? Was that it, or was was there another show, too? That's it. That's it. So, and, and the response for that, show is is great right unbelievable yeah it was great and what happens then do you guys start writing because obviously we we get one new watchtower song on itunes oh, wait, 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 we have to backtrack we okay let's backtrack, backtrack. yeah <laughs> i had this thing to where whenever these reunion talks came up i was like i'm not playing another watchtower gig unless we have some new material because i was sick of all of this mathematics talk you know we're talking to talk but no walking kind of a thing and okay and to clarify math when you ar- say mathematics that's the rumored title of a, a, a upcoming watchtower record right yeah it's supposed to be the third cd that we have all of the, the material written for but it's not recorded and uh where was I going with that? I forgot where I was at. <laughs> well, that you, show, that you didn't really want to do more shows unless there was new oh, material. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so so we got this uh, offer to play Kit, and it just turned out that we had this one song that was close to being done. Everybody was kind of happy with all the parts. Alan sounded great. Doug wasn't too happy about it because he didn't get to do any cool fills or nothing. I was like, too bad. Right. You know? And so we released this one song, and it was like, well... We got a new song, so we released it. I guess we can play a festival now. And and it just seemed to me like, like that was the the minimum that we could do to do a show. You know, we had we released one song and so we have all these other songs that are just kind of, you know, laying around over an hour worth of material that I just kinda think it's we need to get them out there. Okay, so the song the song that came out was "The Size of Matter." That's in 2010, mm-hmm. 
and and there's yep. other songs that you're that you're referencing that were being worked on but but you know that was that was a while ago that was you know 2010 we're, we're in 2015 uh, what what's happened to these songs are you guys w- currently working on them can we expect to hear stuff soon uh yeah right now we have three songs that we are pretty much done i have maybe a couple of bars to go solos on one and then we're done with those and i'd like to release them very soon alan and this guy that we're working with have this grand idea that they want to do this freaking ep shit <laughs> as opposed to a full record you're, you're saying you got three songs so yeah ep yeah and the the full album for us to to pull the the full album together with everybody in different places and doing everything else, you know, Doug's doing this, Rick's doing that. I'm doing like three other projects for us to put the whole thing together with everything that everybody else has going on. It's just too much of a mountain to climb, you know, and, and we have these three songs done and they're killer songs and I want to put them out there. So three songs in addition to the size of matter correct yeah wow okay so this is big news we have the basically the the lineup that gave us control and resistance back in 1989 Mm -hmm. doing three new songs doug on bass rick on drums alan on vocals and ron on guitar that's i that's that's awesome i'm not sure we've we've Mm -hmm. heard this news yet i'm i'm excited about this you're the first to get it, brother. Yeah, we don't have any full mixes done. We got to get them mixed and mastered. And Ronnie's got, like you said, a bar or two of solo left to do. And then, you know, I don't know what the time frame is on that, Ron. You probably know better than me, but yeah. And and uh, I didn't want to say anything about any of this mathematics stuff until we were just so close to having something done that was that was completed. And with these three songs, we're kind of there right now. So will Mathematics be an EP? Will you keep that name, Mathematics? Well, it'd be more like meh or (laughs) math. (laughs) Math. Cool. Well, Uh, uh, Yeah, dudes. Alan, again, Alan and this guy that we're working with, they want to do this EP, and I just, I don't want to go there because it would mean we'd probably have to get two more songs done. And we've got three songs. Uh, it's 2015. It's the digital age. We should just put them out there digitally. And Look, I, don't agree, see- I, don't, I don't disagree with that. I want to get them out as fast as possible. But I, I, my thought with that is if we got one more song and then just do Size of Matter on there, we'd have five songs. And people like hard product. They just do, especially in Europe. So it's worth Yeah, you know, that, that's one thing that we're kind of, that I've got going debating in my brain is the tower fans that that were there you know in in the early 90s where are they now do they do they download at all uh does it have to be a physical disc what will, will those they accept people not. those people probably not but there's i'm telling you there's an audience that likes product or to read the little gatefold you know booklets and stuff they do yeah so we're just kind of weighing that out and uh, I just don't want to run into another situation where we try to we try to bite off too much, and we just come come to a to a halt again, you know, to where a year goes by and we don't get anything done. You know, we've got these songs done. Let's put them out there. That's what I want to do. And we yeah, just do this completely. Awesome. 
completely independently or are you looking for a label to help you release them even if it's just a digital release man well, with with the, the way the music industry is right now if you try to shoot for a label i mean take blotted science for instance we released both of the c or the cd and the ep we did them it just self-release independently on our own just because when we went to labels they they wanted control of everything and they were only going to pay five or 10,000 bucks and it was theirs. And that was, uh, machinations was in 2007 and, you know, labels are folding all over the place and I don't know what label would, would make it worthwhile for us to go with them. Right. Okay. Well, good stuff. I mean, any, any idea when we might hear the three songs, when they might come out digitally? Well, as soon as uh, the guy Jacob Hansen that does all of my mastering stuff, he's done both blotted science. He's going to start working on them on the twelfth, and uh, it could be very soon after that. Awesome. Well, great news. We can't wait to hear the stuff. Speaking of blotted science, Ron, what what is the status of of that project band? Um, I've come to the realization that it's probably never, ever going to be a band just because Alex is so tied up with, with Cannibal Corpse. It's his life. It's his everything. And uh, we are working on a third CD, but everybody has more important priorities musically and just in their life that they're doing. And so I'm just taking it as it goes. But we've got enough material for a third CD, and we're recording it right now. Everybody's working on their own. Uh, Blotted Science isn't a uh, a band to where we all meet up and do everything and together. It's you do stuff on your own. It's a long distance project. I got you. Cool. And a few years back, uh, maybe two, two, three years ago, you ended up hooking up with the band Protest the Hero. How did that all come about, and can you talk about your involvement on their uh, their record? That was all Chris Adler. Chris Adler was the first drummer that was going to play on the first Blooded Science CD, and I just kind of keep in touch. Oh, by the way, Chris, for anybody who doesn't know this, Chris Adler is the drummer for Lamb of God, and we've just kind of remained friends since then. Uh, Doing work with Megadeth and, now, too. Yeah, I know. He's, he's, he's kicking ass these days. And he uh, he did the studio session for for the whole Protest the Hero CD, and he just kind of brought my name up somehow, and it turns out they were Blotted Science fans, the guys in the band. And we just kind of went from there, and me and uh, Luke and I were were working out what what, so, what section to do on the song and everything like that, and I sent them the tracks, and I, I got to play on the CD, so. Cool. All good. Yeah, great stuff, great stuff. And, Alan, let's talk about some of the stuff you've been up to outside of Watchtower. Uh, I mean, you're obviously known for your work with um, Hades, nonfiction. But more recently, I was just blown away by the Mike LaPond record, and I spoke about this on the last episode with, with Metal Mike, uh, Silent Assassins, Mike LaPond's record. Great stuff. Any plans to maybe do more work with Mike in, in any way? So the whole next Silent Assassin CD is totally written. Mike wrote the wow. whole thing again <laughs> by himself, and he's the best uh, with that classic metal sound, you know. So uh, Symphony X, now the record's dropping, I think, uh, this month. It's a great and record. And they're going to be on, they're going on the road with Overkill for quite a while. 
So whenever they have their break in between, I think, their American and European tours, we're going to try to track. So probably like winter coming up. Awesome stuff. And what about your your other stuff that you're working on? I know Level Fields. Can you talk about what's going on with that? I got a project just like Ronnie, long distance, two guys in Germany, Marco Ahrens, Andreas Kegler, and uh, my friend Clint Ahrens from the Philadelphia area uh, on bass. We're doing some stuff that's just like really cool, heavy, doomy, rock, metal, whatever, and uh, got about six songs. And we've been releasing them one at a time digitally, and we might look to perhaps you know put them together with some other new material as a CD, because we see that there is some demand for that, you know. Uh, and then I got a project with a guy in West Milford, New Jersey, Arnold Marfoglia, my friend Forrest Layton on drums, and Kevin Bolenbach from Nonfiction on bass, uh, which is totally unnamed, but we're just tracking songs, and we got a few things recorded already. So uh, it's been good. I've been busy, believe it or not. Wow, absolutely cool. We can't wait to hear new material by Mike LaPone's Silent Assassins featuring Alan Tecchio. Very exciting. Glad to hear there's another record coming. So, guys, we have breaking news that three new songs from the classic lineup of Watchtower featuring Ron on guitar, Doug on bass, Rick on drums, and Alan Tecchio on vocals are potentially on the way real soon. Uh, do you have names for the songs that you might want to share with the Talking Metal listeners? Alan, you want to go? You do it. Um, there's going to be two songs with full vocals and everything. The first one is Arguments Against Design, and then the other one is called Technology in Action. And Alan does this thing at the beginning of it. <laughs> And then uh, the other song is uh, The Overture, which is track one on the uh, CD, if if it were to be a full album, The Overture. Now you say if it were to be a full album, do you envision maybe doing some more songs, working on some more songs? and and... Great question. Um, We're very curious to see what happens with the songs that we're going to release. I really hope they're successful and people pick them up and because uh, we have a lot more that that we'd like to get out there again we don't have the whole album done but i'd like to release you know a couple of songs at a time but uh we have to see how these first couple of songs do and just see enough people are out there that are listening to it all right well good stuff and definitely when these songs do hit I'm talking to the Talking Metal listeners right now. Please support Watchtower. Go purchase and download the songs on iTunes and show your support. Guys, thanks so much for talking with us here on Talking Metal. Have you guys ever done an interview together? In the old days, yeah. When we did the chickens and the cows? Yeah, those were the radio IDs. Those were great. We had, like, farm noises in the background. Greetings from Texas. It's Watchtower. Cool. Cows and chickens and pigs. (laughs) Nice. Well, I know it's been a while. So it's been great having both you on Talking Metal. And, uh, again, we all look forward to hearing new Watchtower music. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It was awesome, dude.
what you just heard was fairly new. I mean, I guess, what, like five years ago at this point? Watchtower, really one of the only new songs that we've we've gotten from Watchtower in, in many, many years. That is called The Size of Matter. But as revealed on today's podcast, more new Watchtower music on the way. So can't wait to hear that. And Alan and Ron, please keep us posted. And we'd love to uh, debut some of that music here on, on Talking Metal. So exciting stuff. And guys, to support Talking Metal, please consider a PayPal donation. You can do that on TalkingMetal.com using the PayPal tab in today's show notes. Just uh, find this episode in today's show notes in the Talking Metal section. Also, we will have some links up to, uh, to stuff Ron and Alan are both up to. You can check out all the links on TalkingMetal.com in today's show notes. And what else? Oh, support us with an Amazon purchase. If you're planning to buy something on Amazon, as so many of us do nowadays, go to Talking Metal before you go to Amazon.com. Just go to Talking Metal. Use our links in today's show notes to carry you over to Amazon. Then go ahead and make your purchase. There's no additional cost. There's... There's, there's no gimmicks. You know, it's just a, a link through. I'm not even sure why Amazon would give me a kickback on simply linking you over to their site, but they do. You can buy whatever the hell you want. You know, diapers for your baby. You know, uh, I, I buy a lot of, you know, this crazy uh, Zen soy panda, uh, panda soy milk, they call it on, on Amazon, which I always try to go to, you know, Victor's website or Eddie Trunk's website and use their, or Adam Carolla's and use their Amazon links whenever I do that, because they will get a kickback on it. And I ask you to do the same for me. If you support, if you like the show, if you want to support the show, just, uh, you know, use our Amazon link before you make that purchase on Amazon. So simple and takes literally two additional seconds of your time. Another way you can support the show is with a purchase of a Talking Metal t-shirt in the merch section. Please listen to my friend Mitch LaFon's show. It's also available on TalkingMetal.com. It is called One-on-One with Mitch LaFon. And listen to me on Metal Raps. It's my other podcast that I'm doing with Mitch LaFon and Mitch Joel. And it's available on iTunes. Metal Raps. W-R-A-P-S. Thanks for joining us. I really appreciate the support you guys give me. And we have another music-based episode coming up real soon, hopefully within a couple days, maybe three days. Stay tuned to TalkingMetal.com. Thanks. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented... They'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.